0: we uh, welcome into the program from cbssports.com j jayaraja Shehan, good morning how are you my friend
1: i'm doing well thanks As always for having me
0: let's let i'm to we were just talking about this i was reading an article on cbssports.com written by J. jayaraja by the way uh florida starting quarterback emory jones entering the transfer portal you're the starting quarterback in the sec and you're leaving i i, I guess i'm just old but i don't understand
1: <laughs> well, you know, the Florida situation was an odd one last year because Emory Jones was a starting quarterback, but fans all offseason were kind of clamoring for Anthony Richardson, who's kind of a homegrown kid. Uh, he kind of he came into games and he was just a very explosive player. He he scored a bunch of touchdowns. He had a bunch of long plays. Uh, and so a lot of people kind of liked his upside, even though Emory Jones was kind of the safer, more secure option. And so Heading into this upcoming year, I you know, with a new head coaching staff, with a new offensive structure, I think that there was just very little, uh, very little clarity on his part of whether he was going to be the starting quarterback, that he was going to be a good fit for this offense. And so I think in some ways he just wanted a fresh start. I mean, he was there for four years. It, it, he had to wait until his fourth year on campus before he really got a shot at the job. So I, I think that he just didn't like the situation that he was in. Uh, we'll kind of have to wait and see what ends up happening of course you know where he ends up whether he ends up at another power five school or whether he ends up uh you know maybe at the group of five level but i I think that for him he just wanted to a change of scenery you know what sometimes people are there for a while this isn't a situation of him you know being there for a year or two and losing a job or anything like that i think that's you know with the coaching change and all that sort of stuff he feels like he isn't in the place that he signed up for
2: Baylor starts uh, spring practice today. A lot of Big Twelve schools have already got into spring practice, and some other ones are starting today as well. Shehan, which team has the biggest hill to climb in spring practice out of the Big Twelve in your mind?
1: Yeah, that's an interesting question. I think for I think the biggest one that I look at right now is Oklahoma. You know, obviously they did lose their head coach Lincoln Riley, uh, but more than anything else, I mean, they've got lost at so many key positions. I mean, I, I put out an article actually today. Uh, You know, kind of breaking down some storylines heading into uh, Oklahoma spring practice. And they've lost their leading quarterback, their leading rusher, their leading tackler, their leading sacker, and leading interceptor. So, like, They're replacing a bunch of key guys at a lot of different positions. And then on top of that, they're going to be running a different defensive system, and they don't quite have the personnel to run it at this point. And obviously, we know the standard right now at Oklahoma, and Oklahoma's also trying to get things back on track before they head over to the SEC. So I think that they just have so many questions. Obviously, they bring in Dylan Gabriel at quarterback from UCF. But, you know, Dylan Gabriel isn't Caleb Williams. And I'm kind of curious to see how long does it take for them to kind of get their – kind of just get things back together and the other thing too is that such a big part of hiring Brent Venables is going to be bringing in sort of that hard-nosed defensive culture that we used to see a little bit more under Bob Stoops and really from Oklahoma teams of old how long does it take to bring that all together and there's just a lot of questions for me on this roster and, and Oklahoma fans aren't going to be happy with anything other than kind of pushing for 10 wins
2: Shayon, Dave Aranda wins the Maxwell Award. Uh, What were your thoughts on on him earning that? And it's pretty well deserving. And and how does he take that and turn that into the expectations this season for Baylor?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that obviously he was one of the most impressive coaches in college football last year, taking Baylor from two and seven to twelve and two. And I think that in a lot of ways, because you know, Baylor obviously has won conference championships over the past couple of years, but in a lot of ways. Last season was the most impressive team in school history, or at least, uh, you know, in, in modern school history since, you know, 2000 or so. And so I think that, you know, for him to, to kind of show that Baylor is open for business, to show that this is a place where we're going to develop, you, where we're going to, you know, go forward and we're going to put together great defenses and we're going to have a great plan. And, and obviously everybody who talks to him knows how thoughtful he is about coaching and about player development. You know, I I think it's just such a big moment for the program for him to be able to do that. And, you know, now I think I think it's going to be interesting heading into 2022. This is kind of the moment where you prove that that wasn't a one year thing, that this is going to be something sustainable uh, because you do lose a lot of your key players, especially on the defensive side of the ball, guys like Jalen Petrie and Terrell Bernard. And so, you know, I think that uh, that coming into spring camp now, you have an opportunity to kind of develop some of those guys get things up to snuff and and the nice thing obviously from a Baylor perspective is that you have so many offensive linemen coming back uh you know I, I think that Baylor still has an opportunity to be a real contender for the conference and and to me I mean if they were to, to push for conference contention if they were to make a conference championship game in 2022 that says more I think even than than what they were able to do in 2021
0: interesting what they uh what they got going on at quarterback obviously with Bohannon and shaping back
1: yeah, no question about it. I mean, I think that both are going to have an opportunity to to win the job, but I do think that it's still going to end up being Bohannon. You know, before Bohannon got hurt, he was playing well. He has his ups and downs, of course, but uh, but I think that he's going to be able to develop a little bit heading into his second season. And, you know, obviously so much was made of of obviously Jeff Grimes Coaching BYU's offense and what he got out of uh, Zach Wilson after a couple of years in that offense. You know, I'm not saying that Gary Bohannon's going to be able to make leaps like that, but I do think that it's going to help to have Jeff Grimes have a little bit of perspective on how to use Gary Bohannon. And so I do expect a leap, whether it is uh, Shapin or Bohannon. And so you know, obviously with Bohannon, you see a guy who's a physical runner, somebody who's a good decision maker, who makes accurate intermediate passes. And with Shapen, we saw a little bit more explosiveness. And so I'd love to see that from Gary Bohannon, add some of that explosiveness to his game, you know, take some more shots down the field, uh, make more good decisions. And so you know I, I think that it's going to be a good battle in spring camp, and I think that also having multiple quarterback options is always a good thing you know it it pushes the guys in the room it gives you opportunities and I think that's ultimately it ends up being a better thing for the program
2: on the defensive side of the ball, where is the biggest room for improvement?
1: yeah I think that uh I think that more than anything else you know trying to find some more guys uh at safety and and in the defensive backfield so, could you lose Kalen Barnes and you lose uh JT Woods. And so, you know, you've got to bring in some guys who are going to be able to contribute right away. And we've seen some of those guys step up before, but. Uh, but, you know, I think that defensive back is a position that benefits so much from experience. And you do have some experience coming back. Obviously, Raleigh Tejada, another guy who, uh, who's leaving after several years. Uh, you know, so I, I think that that's really where they need to develop some guys. Defensive line, you have to feel great about, I think, after uh, bringing back all the guys that you do, including Siaki Ika, And then at linebacker, you know, you still got some guys who have been key contributors. But I think really in that secondary is where they're going to have to bring guys along very quickly.
2: Shehan, I was thinking the other day, uh, kind of looking back on this season for the Big 12, obviously Oklahoma State, they they have a good run. They play Baylor. They lose in heartbreaking fashion uh, on that goal line stand. Uh, but once the Big 12 shifts and we get these new teams in here, is that going to put more pressure on Mike Gundy to just not be an average coach year in and year out and finally have to, to win? Because it seems like beating Oklahoma was never a problem. They didn't mind losing to Oklahoma consistently. Is that ever going to put any more pressure on Mike Gundy?
1: You know, I I think that what I'll say is that before Mike Gundy, Oklahoma State only had two 10-win seasons in program, or sorry, I think three 10-win seasons in program history, and two of them were when he was the quarterback at Oklahoma State. So I think that in some ways he's almost raised the level of the program to a level to where you almost feel like he's almost raised expectations to a point where people expect things of him. And so, you know, winning 10 games is a big deal at Oklahoma state that doesn't happen very often. And competing for conference championships is a big deal. Now I do think that without the Oklahoma roadblock in in his way, you know, he does need to probably win a little bit more at, at the conference level than he does. But I mean, this I think that Oklahoma State fans should be satisfied with what they have, to be quite honest, you know, to, to be in conference contention, to be playing in a conference championship game, to win a New Year's Six Bowl, to win 10 games pretty dang often. I mean, you look around the country at, much better programs than Oklahoma State. They're not winning 10 games as often as as Oklahoma State is under Mike Gundy. So I do think that there is going to be a little more pressure to, to maybe finish the job a little better, especially with Oklahoma and Texas gone. But, you know, I, I think that, again, I think that Oklahoma State, when they decided to kind of extend him to a lifetime contract, they understand what they're getting. They're not getting a team. That's going to win national championships, but you know to be quite honest, they're also Oklahoma State, and I think that competing for the conference and competing for ten wins basically year in and year out is a is a pretty good place to be.
0: visiting with Shayhan J. Roger from cbs sports dot com let's switch gears, talk a little basketball we It's called March madness, and i, I think this past week improved it. I mean uh, you had the number one seed bears go out in the in the tournament the other three number ones got pushed around this weekend and, and really Arizona got pushed around big time by TCU certainly made it interesting in 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 great viewing
1: yeah i mean this is as as close a tournament i feel like as there's been in a while obviously a number of 11 seeds moving on a couple of 10 seeds moving on uh and you know i think that obviously Baylor got a really tough draw getting uh, north carolina as an 8 seed but uh, there were a lot of teams that were in that lower tier that I don't think anybody really expected to move on. I mean, St. Peter's, of course, as a 15 seed, moving on to the Sweet 16 for the first time in school history. This has been one of the craziest marches on record, and in a lot of ways, it makes sense. You know, I don't think that there was a truly dominant team in college basketball this year. Gonzaga kind of had stretches of it, but I, you know, I mean, they, they aren't as battle tested in the second half of the season, and so I, I think that it makes sense that this has been a really chaotic year in a lot of ways. You know, I, I don't think that there is a a 2021 Baylor. I don't think there even is a 20. 21 Gonzaga and so it's been a lot of fun to see all these teams get pushed around I think that there's a great chance that any one of those one seeds or two seeds can continue to lose in in the sweet 16 or elite eight before reaching the final four and uh you know I think that it also is a good testament to where college basketball is that there's so much uh talent that there's so much production at the mid you know the the mid level and and at the the lower high major level and uh and I think that that means that we're going to have a really fun final four who
2: has the best path left in the tournament right now?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I like Kansas's path right now. Um, you know, I think that certainly another one that you have to look at is if you're Purdue, this is your moment, right? I mean, you, the number one and number two seeds are out in Baylor and Kentucky, and you kind of have a straight shot to the to the final four in a lot of ways. But you got to take care of business. Obviously, Purdue has not made a final four under Matt Painter. Uh, you know, so I, I, I like their path, and I feel like they have to be the ones to really kind of make it happen.
2: Shayon, as someone who went to Baylor, what does Jerome Tang mean to you, and what are your what does K State getting in the head coach?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that this is long, long, long overdue. You know, Jerome Tang came in as this nobody off the street in a lot of ways uh, to join Scott Drew's staff at Baylor. Uh, actually, there's some great stories on that in, in the leftovers, the book that Matt Sammon wrote, and. You know, it's just such an interesting – he's such an interesting guy. You know, I think that he has been the backbone of, of Scott Drew's assistance for such a long time. I mean, you don't see this very often, the guy be around for 18, 19 years, be part of every single moment, be part of every single turnaround. And so, you know, I, I think to me more than anything, you know, he has been kind of alongside Scott Drew, that rock within this program that has a, that you know has really been the foundation on which – they've built a championship level program. And when I look at uh their recruiting, when I look at the the how much even former players still are engaged with Baylor basketball, when I see the way that the team interacts with each other, I know that a lot of that is drum tang and, and his experience not just uh not just as a coach, but also as a youth minister and all that sort of stuff. So I, I think he's had just a tremendous impact on the program. And and for Kansas State, you know, they're gonna get somebody who's going to absolutely make that team have a fantastic culture that people are absolutely going to want to play for. And by the way, I, I don't want to diminish this. He's a fantastic basketball coach. You know, I think that what Scott Drew and Jerome Tang do better than anyone else is they are flexible. They, you know, they want to make you work. They want to, uh, you know, to to build their system around their team, and they're not too proud to make it happen. So I, I think that Jerome Tang is a perfect hire for Kansas State, and I think he's going to have a lot of success there.
0: Shayhan, what are you working on for uh, CBS Sports.com?
1: Yeah, we got some conference previews coming out uh, in the next couple of days and weeks, so uh, keep an eye on CBSSports.com for that. I should have the Big 12 one. Uh, We haven't totally set that all up yet, but uh, that'll be coming out over the next couple of days.
0: Yeah, we look forward to it, and we, uh, as always, appreciate your time. Thanks so much.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Talk to you soon. That is Shehan Jayaraja from CBSSports.com.